0: I never, ever want to miss an opportunity or use any excuse to visit with Victor Davis Hanson, author, commentator. He's uh, authored hundreds of books, book reviews, newspaper editorials, senior fellow at the Hoover Institution. His focus is classics and military history, but I think his class, his, his, uh, his mastery is of clarity. And we need some clarity today, Victor Davis Hanson. Let's start with your background in books. Governor Andrew Cuomo pocketed apparently $5.1 million uh, for his book about how great his leadership was in the midst of the COVID pandemic while he was, uh, you know, essentially making nursing homes accept COVID-19 patients, which led to the deaths of, I think the number is 15,000 seniors. Victor, how does Andrew Cuomo ever show his face again in public, much less run again for governor?
1: I don't know. I I I think they're just his followers apparently have a religious zeal or religious support. It's faith based, it's not empirical. I say that because by every leftist marker, he should be unfit. He's a chronic sexual harasser, which the left says they have no tolerance for. He, uh, a book, I think he sold 50,000 copies. And as somebody who's written, you know, over 20 books, I can tell you that on earnings that earned you about $150,000 maximum. Right. So not the idea the that he at the most yeah. I mean it's at so the the, most.
0: They, the publisher got killed on
1: this. I mean they they well, this, the this publisher not a got ki- the publisher got killed or the publisher and the people who supported him felt that there was an investment whether that was political or whatever. Right. There was a an investment in his uh his uh, success governorship yeah. his success yeah and so i think viability and so i think they felt well if he's if we can promote him and remember there was a time a lot of this we have to remember the time and it was when the primary it even preceded covid but it carried into covid when everybody was exploding in the primary and they thought wow this left-wing agenda is scaring people and maybe maybe uh joe biden's going to Fail. Maybe we need a guy like Cuomo, at least maybe for vice president. So there were people in the national scene and the media felt let's keep him viable and not report too many things that are bad about him because we might need him at a national level at some point.
0: The reaction here in New York has been just outrage, including from many Democrats uh, who are saying this is blood money. I mean, you you know, this kind of money. Janice Dean, the meteorologist over at Fox News, she lost both of her in-laws. Uh, in a, a, an elder care facility uh, in in New York last year, and she just, the, the, the fury is pretty palpable. But as you say, there's a political component to all of this. Let's talk politics of COVID for a moment, if you don't mind. I've been wanting to, yeah. to sort of pick your brain over the reaction, the peculiar reaction that people like uh, AOC, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, are having to the C D C declaring the other day that masks for vaccinated people are no longer necessary indoors or out, and yet you got a lot of Democrat leaders who don't seem to be following following dare I say following the science?
1: Yeah, I, I think nobody anybody that really has familiar with the left realize that there is no consistent doctrine or ideology other than the quest and maintenance and and possession of power. And that's what they want. So when the, the science, they say is in favor of a lockdown that they feel is conducive to their political agendas, then they're for it. When the science changes, then they're just going to ignore it. The same thing with the media. Donald Trump is non-compos mentes. He's got to take the Montreal Cognitive Assessment. <laughs> Dr. Yee from Yale has to assure us it needs an intervention. And then Joe Biden comes along and has trouble sometimes finishing sentences, and there's just nothing. So they don't have a consistency other than, they feel they're in an ideological war 24-7, any means necessary or justified by their noble ends.
0: But I also hear an emerging theme from a lot of my listeners. A lot of callers say this is not about COVID. It's about power. It's about, it's about uh, making sure that Americans are subservient to their leadership. Could, do, is that too nefarious a theory, or do you think that that, that holds up?
1: No, I think that holds up. That that YouGov CBS poll the other day showed that on every single issue, they don't have 50 percent. And that's what we learned in the Democratic primary. That's why they got Joe Biden as sort of a veneer to carry him across the, the finish line and hide their true um, agendas. As long as there was the election and the transition, they would lectures about Donald Trump, Donald Trump, Donald Trump, Joe Biden from Scranton, moderate, moderate, and then that was over with during the real governance, the last hundred and fifteen days. Then they had to have an agenda and Trump was not in office, that COVID was winding down, the pandemic was lessening, the quarantine was lifting, and we we saw what they were. I mean it was it was an agenda that most Americans didn't like and they pushed it and now they they decided wow, nobody likes us. We can't blame Donald Trump. There's no more emergency with lockdown quarantine. And we really need to change either the system that is a national voter law or pack the court or get rid of the filibuster, or the electoral college, or we've got to ram more of these executive orders down everybody's throat, or we got to terrify everybody that we're under siege by the alt-right, or there's a Donald Trump or a racist under your bed at night, they've got to do something because they cannot run on those issues of the border or energy or the economy or the Middle East, any of them. Yeah. He, he, Joe Biden is sort of the anti-Midas touch. Everything he touches turns to stone. Which
0: is ironically what they accused Trump of having the same malady. That was what they said. That's what the left and the Trump haters, even the never-Trump Republicans, said that. And yet... I don't remember this kind of turmoil in the Middle East uh, during the four years of the Trump presidency. I don't remember these jobs numbers crashing the way the April numbers did. I don't remember the kind of chaos at the border during the four years of Donald Trump. Victor Davis Hanson, will Americans remember this when it comes time to go back to the ballot box in, in 2022? We're, we're not far away from that.
1: I think they did in 2010, and uh, Obama had a much greater mandate. He had control of both houses with much wider margins, and they really gave him—they gave him the the worst midterm verdict since FDR. Do you think that's coming? Will we see that? Yeah, no, I I do. I do. I think we're. What I—I mean, I my first. Worry is the country, and I think we're going to get about a 12 percent, 10 to 12 percent inflation, and that's going to be a stagflationary inflation because I think we're going to see high unemployment and yet shortage of workers. And then we're going to have producers and assemblers and and the productive class say, you know what, I'm scared of the corporate tax talk, the personal talk, the capital gains talk, the regulations talk. I don't think I'm going to expand, take a take a uh, a risk not with this uh, even despite the huge demand. So print money and then discourage people to work and you've got the ingredients for a terrible economy.
0: Let me give you the talk radio pushback to to you and me you know being cautiously optimistic I think about 2022 it's going to be here before we know it. Here's what a talk radio listener says. Mike I don't. I don't trust, frankly, the outcome of 2020. Why should I go back to the to the polls and and expect my vote to matter in 2022? Now, before people get all hysterical about Gallagher and Victor Davis Hanson talking about election integrity, uh, you know, no less people than Nancy Pelosi and Hillary Clinton challenged the veracity of the 2016 election. But of course, not that Liz Cheney seemed to notice then. What do you say to a listener who says to an American who says? Guys, I, 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 we got to get our country back, but I don't know that I trust the election process.
1: Well, that would be like saying that I went on a B-17 mission and we lost too many planes, so we're going to quit because it's not fair up there. That's a reason to go out and vote, because if you believe that the left has undue influence in the election, then you have to ensure that you and your friends and everybody else vote in such overwhelming numbers that even the left can't figure a way out to cheat, to cheat. And what you don't want to do, and I think that happened a little bit in the Georgia election, is say, you know what? I'm so discouraged over the national election, I'm just going to stay home in Georgia. And what do we get as a result? We got a uh, Democratic Congress and two of the most left-wing senators from all places, Georgia. So that, that's a prescription for surrender. And I think I'd rather die on my feet <laughs> than live on my knees.
0: No kidding. Never surrender, never give up. And, you know, back to your point about the Biden agenda be- be- being as radical as we feared it would be, you- you're getting the seal of approval for the, the Biden leftist progressive agenda from people like AOC, even Elizabeth Warren, the most radical of the bunch, one of the most. The other not on Stephen Colbert said she's pleasantly surprised at how progressive the Biden agenda is.
1: I think they are surprised because, remember, every single one of them gave us a clear picture of what they were about in the Democratic primary. And the American people, and I should say the most left of the American people, were terrified of them. And so they brought in Joe Biden or they brought in Michael Bloomberg. They were desperate to get somebody to hush all that up. And then I think Biden sort of did a devil's bargain and said, you know what, if you guys are behind me, I'll carry you across the finish line and then you can have your agenda. And that's what they did. But when they're overt and they're transparent about their agenda, nobody wants it. And I think that's their problem right now. They 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 don't know how to hide it. They're just change the system, let in D.C., uh, pack the court, do anything but take these issues and run on them because they're not going to find support. They're just not going to get it.
0: Final question. Uh, and I got to get the Victor Davis Hanson take on vaccine hesitancy. We've got a president. Uh, I, I mean, this was this was Joe Biden's promise. Uh, yesterday. And this is a promise that was a little bit scary. I mean, listen, listen to what he said.
1: Those who are not vaccinated will end up paying the price.
0: Those who are not vaccinated will end up paying the price. What do you think he means? Do you think he's talking about that from a health perspective? Or is he talking about real world consequences from people who choose not to get a vaccine?
1: I think it's a mixture of both. I think he thinks that we're going to have protocols in place. That make it very uh, uncomfortable for people to participate in the American experience without a vaccine. But if you wanted to draft a manual and say how to discourage uh, people from getting a vaccine in three easy ways, one of them would be to say you have to wear a mask no matter what. Uh, So if you wanted to get rid of that awful mask by getting a vaccine, Joe Biden has has told us that that's not going to help you, you're still going to have to wear it, or social distance, you're still going to have to do it, or lockdown, you're still going to have to do it. Or then when the media, when anybody has a second shot reaction, the media then goes for the one in one million person who had a, a serious reaction. So the left on the one hand says. Everybody has to be vaccinated, and we're going to use government to ensure that's happening. But then if that were to happen, we would lose control over the lockdown and our influence over the personal lives of people. So we really don't want that either. So they got this garbled message. Get vaccinated. But even if you do, we're still going to be right in your living room where they're telling you what to do. And that's not going to encourage people to get vaccinated.
0: Interestingly, and maybe this, this is the canary in the coal mine, the, the Broadway community is struggling with how to come back here in New York with theater. And I'm a big theater geek, so I bought tickets now. to. I'm going to see mm-hmm. Music Man and Aladdin and Hamilton. I'm mm-hmm. going back. And I got a notification this morning about my tickets and what they're saying as a community. And understand, Victor, you got the actor's equity, you got the unions, you got all this squabbling mm-hmm. about how we... How do we go back to theaters? What they're saying, the three pillars, the only thing they said about uh, going back into into Broadway theaters coming in September is they're going to make everybody get their hands sanitized when they walk through the door, except medical exemptions will be a- a- allowed for that. And you will have to be fully masked for the entire performance. But nothing about a vaccine requirement. Isn't that interesting?
1: Yeah, it is. It is. I think a lot of people are getting scared here in California. The teachers union said, we can't go back. We cannot go back unless we get back. We get all vaccinations at the front of the line. They got that. Then they said we couldn't go back unless the students get vaccinated. Then I think we've had 0.00001 of students, people below the age of 15 who had serious cases of COVID. Of all the cases, it's almost non-existent. And, and what's happened is the public opinion has just turned against them, whether it's mothers who says, I can't go to work if my kids are home all day long, or special needs parents who said, my kids have regressed back years. where they were before the lockdown. So there's no sympathy for a lot of these uh, traditionally liberal groups that have uh, been very confused in the messaging. I would say, too, I think a lot of people just got inured to the idea you just kind of stay home, whether that's the successful people who get to Zoom from home, or the people who lost their job and are public support. It's kind of a national malaise, an inert idea about how the world works. It's going to be very hard. You know, it's like an athlete that was in top trim and you just let him sleep all day and pay, paid his salary, then you say go out and you know, run the the fifty yard dash or hey. go play football. It, appar- it
0: apparently worked for Joe Biden. What a strategy, a campaign strategy. Stay home in yeah. the basement. It works. Yeah. Stay at home in the basement. Victor Davis Hanson, I consider any bit of time I can spend with you a joy and a blessing. Thanks so much for giving us some time here on the Mike Gallagher show. Keep fighting the good fight, sir.
1: Thank you.